the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy April 9th to you. <clears throat> now, most financial shows will start with the market numbers. They'll start by saying, hey, we're waiting for Janet Yellen to talk today. Me, not so much. Some of the headline news out there is, is pretty good. But I always try to find the story that will empower you to become a better investor, to push you towards retirement, to ask you, can you do what you need to do? Can you save enough money today so that in retirement you have enough to live off till the day you die? Now, again, I had the coolest grandfather in the world. I actually didn't, but my best friend did. And I vicariously lived through my friends because my life kind of sucks. I work too much. Do you, have, do you have enough money to live until the day you die, and can you impress your grandchildren? I know you're saying, I don't even have a wife. <clears throat> I could do the story about the prom bubble bursting. Survey says spending to fall 14%. Yay! We're suddenly not treating this ridiculousness with such financial ridiculousness. But the average household in America is going to spend $978 for prom this year. Ooh. Ooh, Right? Anyhow, anyway, um, I think the top story today, in my opinion, is days after his induction in the WWE Hall of Fame and return to the company, World Wrestling Entertainment, after an 18-year breakup, the ultimate warrior has died. He was 54 years old, cause of death not released. In the statement, the WWE says, We're shocked. We're deeply saddened to learn the past of one of the most iconic WWE superstars ever, the Ultimate Warrior. We're grateful just days ago he had the opportunity to take his rightful place in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, do you think any children's mothers say, I hope one day my child ends up in the WWE Hall of Fame? He was able to... He was able to appear at the WrestleMania 30 and Monday Night Raw to address his legions of fans. 
Warrior was known for his energetic style, sprinting down the aisle to the ring, violently shaking hands uh, of fans and violently shaking the ropes, psyching themselves up. Unique interview style that left fans captivated or confused, and honestly, quite often both. I know you're saying, Rob, you've done so many WWE stories in the last week, two weeks, that I bet you were a WWE fan growing up. No, I wasn't. I once went to a WWF match with a free ticket to try to impress a girl or to impress her brother, her little brother. I think it worked. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior was born James Helwig, legally changed his name to Warrior in 1993. Sadly, is survived by his wife Dana and daughters Indiana and Madigan. Um, okay, so the point of this is he only lived to 54 years old. Do you kind of see what I'm trying to say there? The Ultimate Warrior. Um, super buff, super fit. I'm not going to start speculating on steroids or no steroids, because I don't know. I think it probably goes through all of our heads, right? Um, when I saw him inducted, I didn't see him inducted. I saw a picture of him inducted, and I want to be very careful of this. I'm not a world wrestling entertainment fan. I don't watch 24-7, the TV station. But his induction into um, their Hall of Fame at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. He looks like an old guy at 54. Totally gray. Totally buff, though. But compared to what he was in his entertaining days... Okay, so I'll drop this and I'll, I'll, I'll shoot to the point. We all have a lifespan. In his case, sadly, he's leaving a wife and two daughters. We hope that our lifespan is to 85 years old and we see, you know, our wife hold our hand as we pass and our two daughters grow up to be beautiful women. We hope that. In his case, not so much. Um, he was bodybuilder turned wrestler. And again, I have nothing against bodybuilders. Nothing. I think it's interesting to talk about 54 years old. He died way too young. In theory, he didn't get to work from age 20 to 60. Are you with me? That's why you have to save a lot of money. And he should have had term life insurance that expired in about six years. So hopefully his wife and daughter came into some money because his income potential is gone. Now, his income potential in World Ride... Wrestling was probably gone 5, 10, 15 years ago, right? Because it's a young man's game. But maybe he had a business afterwards. So that's my sad story of the day, and I'm sticking with it. As far as if you don't learn a lesson from that, people die at 54. So if you're 30-ish and you're thinking about starting to make a baby and your husband, you might not get through your 30-year mortgage. If the ultimate warrior can die at 54, you can too. And that's why you need insurance. We had an acceptable earnings report from Alcoa last night. How's that for a transition? Some decent overnight action in foreign markets. Woohoo! 
Dow's up 42. The S&P 500's up 4. The Nasdaq's up 22 points. There's a wonderful sense on the market that's kind of gratifying. Now, unfortunately, <clears throat> four students believed to be seriously injured this morning in a high school near Pittsburgh, where a student with a knife stabbed or slashed others, including and injuring as many as 20. Does this make any sense to you? Is this a daily occurrence that seems to be happening daily now? That Why is this happening? I can't imagine a 14-year-old to a 17-year-old being fatally stabbed or seriously stabbed. And every single day we have to deal with stories like this. Which, again, I'm not going to say public school, private school. I'm not going to go there. But this kind of tragedy happens, it feels like, every single week, if not every single day. And parents are like, I'm going to put my kid in blah, blah, blah school. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I do think we're starting to um, bring up some serious questions about our society, but will we ever address them? Hmm. We'll bring them up. I don't think we'll address them. Anyhow, let's go to some of the stories of the day. I'll call profit nine cents a share, better than expected. That stock's had a big run recently. So is it enough of a big run that it can build off of it is a big question. Revenues decline 6.5%. That's not good. Alcoa makes aluminum cans. They came up with a beer can that you can unscrew and screw back on. And I'm sorry, but once you open a beer, its shelf life is 20 seconds. So it's in my belly. This is the ultimate warrior theme song. As we raise a glass today to a fallen brother, a brother, again, kind of tragic, right? Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. Three-day decline. The S&P 500 index continues to advance from... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Lord's bringing us out of break. This is a morning radio show, and I do want you to get some of the music that's important in your life. Whether you go to work and get on Pandora and type in Lord's. That's fine. I think Curry Own Channel is worthy. Her album's pretty solid. LinkedIn shares the professional social network up today. After Topeka Capital upgraded this company's stock from hold to buy. Set a price target at 230 buckaroos. Amazon.com, the retailing giant, claims it passed Apple and Hulu in streaming video usage. What? Okay, they didn't say Netflix, right? For their instant video service. Passing Hulu is pretty impressive, though. Apple, eh, maybe. I, I don't. 
I'm not an Apple enthusiast as far as are people streaming video or what are they doing? I don't know. How many people are paying for shows? How many people are stealing shows? I don't know. Take-Two Interactive, the maker of such incredibly violent video games as Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> which I, I love this story because it, it shows you what culture we live in. I think Grand Theft Auto 3, maybe 4, you know, video games, you get shot by the bad guys and go find a, a health kit and power up. One of the power-ups in Grand Theft Auto was figuring out a way to find a hooker in the game, a prostitute. That annoyed politicians and parents so much. And that annoyance made public speeches from politicians. And that set of speeches made kids want the game even more. What a society, right? So Take-Two Interactive is publicly traded. And the Grand Theft Auto franchise is going to be around for a while. It's as good as the Madden franchise, as the Halo franchise. You're talking a $500 million franchise. In the world of entertainment, they make hits. They announced today that Borderlands, the pre-sequel from its 2K label, title launches this fall for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. Is it going to be the Xbox One? Like, this story feels old to me. Am I reading my news from 2011? No. So that's out there. It's a big hit. Borderlands 2 became 2K's highest-selling game ever. Who knew that? I would imagine that Grand Theft Auto would have been, but Borderlands 2, big game. That makes me feel even older than I am. Facebook in the news today. Social network topped 100 million users in India. It's second only to the United States in number of active users for one country. 100 million users, 84 million access Facebook through a mobile device. Congratulations, Facebook, right? Yelp, the online recommendation site, continues to expand just beyond reviews. I've told this story, but in case this is the first time you're ever listening, I once was in the apartment of Jeremy Stoppelman. A date took me there, I want to say 12, no, maybe eight years ago. And I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> Whoops. I made a mistake on that one. Now, again, I was probably focused on her that night versus the business model. But I was dead wrong on the business model. Because now I can use Yelp on any city in America. If I travel to Timbuktu, Iowa, just outside Des Moines, and I want to find some sort of restaurant to eat at tonight before I go to bed, it's probably on Yelp. The online recommendation site is expanding beyond reviews. The company launched a service for booking spa and salon appointments. I would imagine that Yelp gets acquired by Facebook or Google, or if Apple ever goes social, it would be a good way for Apple to go social. Yelp's launch for services recently for online food ordering and delivery, so they continue to expand. I'm going to throw that out there for you. How much money do you need to invest today? If you're going to retire in 30 years, so if you're 30 years old, for all my 30-year-old listeners right now, how much money do you need to invest if you want to retire? 
This is back of the envelope. This is napkin kind of figuring. But about $82 a day. And you want to invest it in growth. But not crazy. In 30 years after investing $82 a day, you would have enough to generate the average household income for 30 years. It works on this idea that you're going to need $50,000 a year, adjusted by 3% for inflation. Are you saving $82 a day? Are you even making $82 a day? And if not, there's something terribly, terribly wrong with your retirement plan. $50,000 a year, probably not the best retirement ever, but I think most people could do it. We'd figure out a way to keep us out of a trailer. A lot of people are going to need more than 50000 A lot of people are going to need less than 50000 when adjusted for inflation. You might be a conservative investor and you want to save more because you don't like market volatility. It's meant to be a struggle to have a full life in America. And maybe that's my mantra going forward. It's meant to be a struggle. $82 a day is not easy. So you need to be put inside some money. Some do re me. Okay, so I went to prom with Ann Kiefer when I was a freshman in high school. She wasn't my senior high school prom date. Oh, she never Paradise was. What a perfect last name, Paradise. And then she found another guy that made her happier. And it didn't end so well. But that's neither here nor there. So the average prom household this year is going to spend $978. That seems crazy, doesn't it? The prom bubble's finally burst. It's a dance. You don't have to spend like a celebrity to have a great time. States on the West Coast led the nation spending even more this year than they did last year. On the West Coast, we spent $1,125 to send our kids to prom. In the Midwest, just $835. In the South, $926. In the Northeastern families, $1,100. Um, I, do I find that tragic? That kind of money invested in your kid's future? Let's say you put that $1,000 into their retirement account. At 18, it would be $2,000 by the time they're 25. It would be $4,000 by the time they're 32. It would be $8,000 by the time they're 40. It would be $16,000 by the time they're 47. It would be $32,000 in investment retirement money before they retire. So send your kid to prom this year with an awkwardly clumsy person and or give them $32,000 to retire one day. Big event coming up, retirement planning event, Money 101 event, end of this month. Sign up at robblack.com. It's in Burlingame this time. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm a big 
fan of financial stocks at this point in time. I think they got crushed in 2008, and they've had a pretty good run. But I think our country goes nowhere without financial stocks. There's a KBW Bank Index, ticker symbol BKX. Consult a broker advisor before finding this. It rose 30% last year. I feel very proud that I get on the radio on a regular basis and tell you, start with financials. Start with a diversified index. But when you start going with sectors, start with financials. Whether it's Key Corp, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, First Niagara Financial Group out of Buffalo, our country doesn't go forward without financials lending. Zion's Bank Corp. Who's Zion's Bank Corp? What is Zion? Isn't Zion some sort of religious term? Like, a lot of people don't even... This is French to them. Or this is Latin. I don't want to offend the French people, but I have no problem offending the Greeks and Latins. This is Greek to me. Hmm, Greek yogurt. I refuse to eat Greek yogurt. And what's funny is, as a yogurt buyer, if you go into a... a, a, a food store these days, the whole wall is Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt has crushed regular yogurt. Crushed it out of business. Somehow after you think my ideas on Greek yogurt. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. I'll get the yogurt mustache and go that direction. Okay, so banks. This is, I'm going to end this concept very, very briefly. But we go nowhere in a society without banks. Now you go, I hate Bank of America. They charge too many fees when I overdraft. They charge too many fees on my ATM. Yeah, they do. And if you're ever overdrafting or ever using ATMs, there's something seriously wrong with you. Not the bank. They're taking advantage of stupid people. Not consumers. They're taking advantage of stupid consumers. And that's how the system works. And I don't like it, but I don't play into it either. So if banks aren't lending, I'm not buying a house. If banks aren't lending, I'm not expanding a business. If banks aren't lending, it's a big, big problem in the world. That's why you have to own a bank or two or a bank index. KBW Bank Index, ticker symbol BKX. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, lightning flash, lightning flash. Get what I mean, get what I mean. Can I make it any easier for you? No. No. I love people when they're violently no. No. S&P 500's up 5. The Dow's up 46. The NASDAQ up 25. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com, or he can be found at NewFocusFinancial.com. Email comes from Cody. I'm interested in laws in California in regards to palimony. I'm in a great relationship. I've been in it for seven years, but I want to protect myself. I make $90,000 a year, twice as much as my partner. I'm a saver. My name is on the house. Uh, seven years of living together, she has a kid. I put down 55000 on the house. If we split, we split all costs in half. She's got that boy. Is my savings house 401k union pension at risk if things go south? What do I do to protect my assets? Well, it's a commingling situation. So if you have assets prior to marriage, or a lot of times this has to be done before cohabitation. All right. So let's say that you're going to get engaged and living, live together. Unfortunately, the best idea is to get the prenup prior 
to right. cohabitation. But even with that said, you should be able to, to separate and keep your own assets separate as long as you don't... So if he had the house before he shacked up with her... And it's only in his name. It's going to always be only in his name. Yeah, but where you can run into problems is that if they've used joint income to continue to make the mortgage payments, yep. it taints the property. It's no longer a separate property, and it's a community property. So you need to keep very specific records and say, okay, your money that you're paying is going to cable and everything else. My money is paying the mortgage payments. He's basically screwed because he probably hasn't done that. They probably have a joint savings account where they both fund it, is my guess. Right. Well, so let's say you come in and you have a taxable account you've been funding for a long time, an IRA, and your 401k. So what you need to do is once you get married or go into a cohabitation, is, is really stop funding that account and fund other accounts. Make sure that that's listed and do your own trust your own living trust, and in your living trust, you have a schedule of community properties and separate properties. Clearly list that as a separate property and no longer fund it with joint assets. If you get money from inheritance or a gift, that can go into that separate property account to make sure that that doesn't get tainted with community property. Um, but even your 401k, you keep clear records of what the value was before you got married. And then, because that all the, the value prior to marriage, yeah. that's all yours. Right. But it's going to be funded now with community property assets, which is your salary. So that you have to, uh, long that's going to be split. Long story short, because he's thinking of it in year seven, probably she is entitled to half. Mm-hmm. Um, and most lawyers and most uh, mediators would say, just split it in half. Because you're not going to be able to back out of this without getting a huge legal bill to end. It's pretty easy. If you do a good job in keeping separate assets separate, it's if good. If you do. If, yeah. But again, he's asking at, in fear more so than in planning. Mm-hmm. So it's my advice good. is if you're going to live with women in the state of California is treat them like a four-year bottle of wine. It goes bad after four years. Don't get to that fifth year of cohabitation. <laughs> never, ever, never. That one female listener you have is now gone. I'm teasing. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no. Next show is women wait, 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 wait. I know. You know I, I, met that, you know, I met that woman last year who was 29. She right. lived with a guy for six years. She had maxed out her 401k. She had paid $30,000 of his debt off. Mm-hmm. She was cohabitating. He could have taken her for 50% of her worth, even though he spent everything and saved nothing. Um... She was the breadwinner, yeah. or she was the saver. And in the state of California, he could have gone to court and said, I want some of that. Well, most marriages end. You know, 50% of them end, and then they go do it again. And so if you're now going you to do it again. Now you've lost that one married couple who've been married for 40 years. <laughs> but let's talk about a prenup agreement, too, especially as a business owner. Because what you can clearly spell out in a prenup, for example, or typically if you do it right. Um, so I've been told I'm not an attorney, so don't think of this as legal advice. But um, if you're a business owner, you get a certain amount of money from salary and a certain amount from profit distributions. And in the prenup, you might need to spell out that, okay, I, the salary is community property going forward, but the profit distributions aren't. Okay. That's something to think about. If you've been burned and you've already lost half your company in a, in a divorce, right. then you also have to think about protecting that again. Don't, do the, don't make the same mistake. Prenups, postnups, all good things to talk about. And again... Cody, if you're worried, strongly consider sitting down with her in the good times and saying, like, look, I'm, I want to protect you. I want to protect me. I want to make sure that we plan for, you know, our future financially intelligently. So let's do this now. There's no shame in having the conversation honestly and openly versus waiting till you know, what's going to come out of the dark. Any last thoughts in the last 30 seconds? Uh, no. I mean, it's something that you probably should educate your kids, too, because, um, you know, basically the age of our audience, a lot of people have kids and starting to talk to them about these types of finance issues 
warning them about knowing the financial views, goals of people that they're starting to date. Yep. Um, their credit, you know, how they view money. It's it's really important to talk to your kids about this stuff as well. I tell people in their twenties, marry wisely, wait till you're thirty, maybe thirty five. To get your calls in the air, you can always call the show 800-516-1220. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. You're actually listening to AM 1220 KDOW. I want to throw that out there on a regular basis because my boss told me to. But even more importantly, it is kind of important that you tell friends about the station. Um we don't have billboards to the point that I'm considered buying my own billboard. We should have billboards. It's a radio thing. Since we don't, do me a favor and tell friends and businesses that you heard this show on this station. Let me tell you one quick thing about local radio is that we do need you. When you hear advertisers, if they work for you, use them. Because they won't stick around if they don't get a rate of return on their investment. So if you know a business that would benefit from exposure on radio, push them. I think it's a smart thing for all parties involved. As I've gotten older, I look at the clear channels, the wild 94.7s or the 97s or the, the Vinny and Sarah shows as despicable. Because they're just homogenized. And they don't help serve the community in any way, shape, or form. When Howard Stern got syndicated, it changed radio aggressively. And it's something that you need to see as a business model. It comes with the territory. We're fine with that. But I think it's important to have a local radio station, to have a local news station, and to acknowledge it with the tip of the cap. Coming up, I'm going to be doing an event that I would like to meet you at. Doubletree Hilton, April 26th, many Saturdays from now, three, I think, nine to noon. I'm going to go over the 20 steps that will basically give you that financial freedom. I look at people in this industry like Dave Ramsey, and I find him vile and despicable. Why do I find him vile and despicable? Because he's a business model, and he'll never disclose it. And he quotes the Bible, which I want to quote the Bible for religious reasons and not for my own personal financial reasons but more spiritual? Uh, My opinion on Ramsey. He's perfect for people who live in trailers, and that's about it. Dave, my fiancé took all my money out of my jar that kept on the kitchen shelf. I'm Rob Black. You can learn more about me at robblack.com. Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Anyone want to call in with a great prom story? 
prom spending's down big this year. If you want to call in and hear yourself on radio, I will gladly put you on radio. The shtick is you have to tell me a good prom story. Okay, so you have to save $82 a year, $82 a day for 30 years if you want to retire on $50,000 a year of income. That's roughly $28,000 a year. That's a lot of money. I know that's probably offensive to people, but I'm trying to make sure your retirement's not offensive. I don't want you to be angry grandpa where the grandkids come over and you're always bitter because you're stuck in the trailer all day long watching Geraldo Rivera. Is that even relevant anymore? Okay, just so you know, this is my real voice. Um, I really don't get as worked up as I sound like in real life. Cutting costs is the number one most important thing to becoming a successful investor. Cutting costs and time. You know, if you're able to accumulate wealth through a Vanguard, Fidelity, or TD Ameritrade and use like a low-cost, no-cost, low-commission, no-commission ETF portfolio, that's the best way to accumulate wealth. Through a 401k, 403b, through a 457. Cutting costs. If you're able to save what you're paying out, you're a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner. What I don't want you to do is ever use an insurance person to buy an investment. I don't want you to use attorneys for investment advice. I love attorneys. Anytime I get in trouble, let's say I've had too much drinky drinky, and I tell officer, ah, I need a ride home, which someone actually called the police department recently and said they needed an escort home because they had too much to drink. They need an attorney. I like attorneys because ultimately they save you from worst case scenario outcomes. I don't like divorce attorneys. I like mediation attorneys when it comes to divorce. But if you get a DUI, I say strongly, strongly consider an attorney. In large part, if you can get a reduced statement, uh, uh, a reduced settlement, it's probably going to save you a fine. If you go from DUI to reckless, it's going to save you $5,000. It's going to save you insurance costs. It might save you a job. So I see the point in saving, and I see the point in attorneys. But I don't want attorneys giving investment advice. I'd much rather you go with a Vanguard. The potential return over time on cutting costs is huge. Yelp in the news today. They're now letting you book spas and salon appointments. Love it. Love it. Like, whenever I get a pedicure, I always check the spa to make sure that there's like no big foot fungus outbreak recently. Yelp's one of the sites that I go with. I know you're saying, Rob, you just admitted to get a pedicure. Okay, hit the dump button. Number seven, hit the dump button. Let's get that out of there. Let's go back. That never happened. Okay. Facebook social network topped 100 million users in India. It's one of the reasons I like Facebook in the short term. In the long term, I think Facebook causes depression. I think you vicariously live through your friends. And you're like, that woman is so amazing. Look at the birthday party she just threw off for our kids. And then you basically take your kids to McDonald's. And you get depressed about it. But that's the reality. 
No one's going to post on Facebook. I got really drunk and fell on my face and chipped a tooth last night watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> Here's the proof. And they show you a selfie. No one's going to do that. That would make me feel better about myself if people did that. You know what? Something I'm getting depressed on Facebook. I check Facebook professionally every day. Personally, once a month. But professionally, a lot of you listeners, and you can find me on Facebook, cron 4 Rob black cron 4 Rob black People are getting cancer. People are getting older. And like they're like, I just checked in the hospital. I'm going to beat this ovarian cancer thing. You know one of the pieces of advice that I got that's just a great piece of advice? And this is a show on personal financial advice. And here's a personal financial tip for you. Go to your doctor every two years for a checkup. There's things that you don't know that are happening to you that could be bad. And I see the story again and again and again and again. Let's say your tongue has become recently super sensitive to spicy things. That's a change from years ago. Go see a doctor about it. Because maybe you have a low-level infection in your tongue. That could be anything. It could be diabetes, and you need to know that. You're drinking a six-pack of beer at night that's getting converted into sugar and it's causing you a diabetic type 2 reaction, you need to know about it. Or wait till it becomes a problem and lose a foot. Oh, best story. I once dated a girl who was a nurse in Baltimore. I know, you're saying this is a great story. I said, what? She was an uh, overnight nurse at a Catholic hospital. And she was cleaning uh, a nun's toes who was in a coma. Like, five-year coma kind of thing. And she's, like, doing a sponge bath. And her and three other, two other nurses were doing a sponge bath. And she's sponging her down and sponging her down and sponging her down. You have to do this stuff. Person's in a coma. You ha- they still have body issues. You have to clean them. And she's, got, she's cleaning her feet. And the woman was slightly diabetic. And while she's cleaning her feet with a sponge, she hears a loud pop. And she looks down in the, the, the sponge bath basin, you know, like a little metal panel, a pipe tray, and a toe had fallen off. Her diabetes had basically caused a loss of blood flow, which diabetes is a huge problem in America, and diabetes is a huge investment angle in America. Her toe fell off, and I said, what did you do? She said, all of us started laughing. In very stressful situations, we laugh. Wow. I appreciate that answer, because it's very honest. There's nothing more absurd than a toe falling off. I would have called the tow truck, but she laughed. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Big event coming up at the end of the month. And uh, let's have some hipsters take us a break. Comprehensive and well-thought-out estate planning is not just for the wealthy. 489 the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Some pretty good stories out there today. Mm. What are they? Greece is going to issue a long-term bond. Ooh, I can feel you reaching for the dial. 
You're getting ready to change it. Greece is poised to issue its first long-term bond since its international bailout four years ago. Greece didn't go to hell in a handbasket. The worst-case scenario is it's bad, and it's great to visit Greece. I wouldn't want to be Greek living in Greece. I don't think it's prosperous to be Greek living in Greece. I think it's prosperous to be an American visiting Greece, but it didn't go it didn't go awful. Google's checking into the hotel business. The hotel motel notel. They're adding more photos and reviews to its listings. They're striking a deal with startup company Room seventy seven. They're trying to play a large role in booking hotel rooms. And what's interesting about this to me is Google's one of their biggest advertisers are hotels. So people who pay for search. Google's adding more photos. They're resembling companies like Priceline, Expedia, and TripAdvisor. It is more aggressively promoting its hotel price ads that post room rates directly as travel search sites do. The idea is trying to encourage travelers to plan more of their trips directly on Google. Google's getting them closer to booking by picking up an acquisition here or there. Now, they've picked up a platform that ultimately it's very similar to the Priceline platform, where if you want, if a hotel wants to give you a rate below what's published, they can without telling you that they did it, but you have to bid on it. Therefore, there's some money to be made by both parties. And the hotels will never tell you that they want to do that. Travel and tourism in the United States totaled $450 billion. It's expected to grow $3.5 billion this year, 3.5% this year. So that's another $10 plus billion. That's a piece of the pie that I want. Speaking of pie, I love pie. My favorite pie chart is how much pie I've eaten. Mm. Nothing better than my favorite pie. My favorite pie as a kid was, um, I'm not even going to tell you that. Okay, I will. Chocolate pudding pie. Um, with a cinnamon cracker crust. Or cinnamon crust. Cinnamon cracker. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, my favorite pie as an adult. Apple cinnamon. Gotta have the cinnamon, though. So, big business. What we're talking about piece of pies. Candy maker, speaking of pie. Mars. They're buying $2.9 billion worth of Procter & Gamble's pet food business. Candy maker Mars is agreed to buy 80% of the pet food business, including IAMS, Yukonuba, Natura, for $2.9 billion. There's a pretty good chance that we're going to be feeding our dogs and cats for hundreds of years to come. Whether it's pedigree, whether it's whiska, that's my favorite cat food, whiska. <laughs> you get me alone with a nice rosé and whiska? I'm a happy man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's my, my worst-case scenario retirement plan. Oh, what other big stories are out there today? Oh, there's a great piece today. Great piece today in the Wall Street Journal tied towards the wage debate. Lawmakers in the nation are talking about, should we raise minimum wage? And how do companies deal with it? They adjust workers' hours. They change prices. And they change prices of supplies that come into them. So maybe they'll use a lower quality product. 
lawmakers in the nation's capitals are mired in this debate on, you know, what happens with the higher federal minimum wage. A Carl's Jr. franchisee in San Francisco offset the county's higher minimum wage, which is $10.74 an hour, by using less shortening to make french fries. Okay, we're fine with that, right? Good. We probably won't know the difference. Maybe we will. A white castle in Illinois cut two jobs to match competitors' costs in nearby Indiana, where the mandated wage is lower. So white castle cut two jobs just to try to stay competitive. Now, we don't like that. A California pretzel maker pays different wages at mall stores that straddle two cities. So, businesses aren't stupid. They react in ways that we may not like. We don't want the two employees to be cut. We are okay with a shortening less grease in our french fries. Probably, I don't know, are we? We find it weird that Somebody who takes your order at a pretzel store in Gilroy might make a lot different money than someone in Walnut Creek. And these type of debates aren't brought up when we're talking about minimum wage. And they should be. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I think corporations pay a higher minimum wage. Okay, well, then the stock market's probably not going to perform as well. And the stock market is a retirement mechanism for Americans. If you invest in stocks and you do it regularly over your life, you'll probably retire with some sort of class and not end up in a trailer. So we are in a big debate right now in America. And we are in a big problem where we're at all-time highs on markets. And if you're using the stock market, 401k, 403b, 457, as your retirement tool, you're probably going, okay, Things are going good. Honey, I love you. Let's go on vacation. Let's, um, you know, let, let's keep figuring this out. And, you know, I, I'm not going to leave you for another woman. I, I, I love our kids. Financial freedom is pretty important to Americans' peace of mind. It's fair to say a lot of marriages end due to financial issues. And we can trivialize it and say it's all about she's a spender and I'm a saver. Or we could also say, I feel economically secure. I think that's probably more of the issue. Where does this story go? I don't know if it goes anywhere. Other than the wage debate is a big, big issue in America. As you raise minimum wage, and as wages inflate, which wages haven't inflated for, let's not even say minimum wage, wages haven't inflated for the average American in 10 years. As wages do inflate, and they will, it's probably going to sap some of the corporate profits. And again, that can be good and bad if we're investing in new technology, new productivity technology. We can get more out of our less workers, or we get more out of our overpaid workers, or more out of our minimum wage workers, whatever you want to say. There's still a leg up. But yeah, we're watching. I watch wage inflation, and I'm not pulling for no wage inflation, but I get no wage inflation. I use it to my advantage, and I hope you do too. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. Um, we can talk about Obamacare and 7.1 million people signing up for it. Who are those 7.1 million people? If you really want to talk about it, we can talk about it. 
We could talk about opening day yesterday in San Francisco. How sweet was that? Expensive if you went to the game, yet sweet nonetheless. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We've got a big event coming up on the 20 steps towards financial freedom. Wage inflation, employment, profits. Is there a right answer? I think there's compromises. Take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, took the top spot over the weekend with a hefty 96.2 million doleros. That's Spanish for dollars. Dos cervezas, por favor, is Mexican for two beers as soon as possible. So Marvel, by releasing Captain America and the Winter Soldier, division of Disney, it became the biggest franchise in box office history. Passing who? Passing who? Harry Potter. That little wizard. And I think um, the author of that little wizard is thinking about one more book, so I hear when you start looking at the franchise that Marvel's put together, Iron Man, 2008, 318 million, Incredible Hulk, 2,834 million, Iron Man 2, 312 million in 2010, Thor, 181 million. This is a cash cow for Disney. Another reason to consider Disney inside your portfolio. 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, let's see. There was a Twitter account called Adorable Lacey. She was an eight-year-old cancer patient. She became a kind of like adopted child of the Michigan State Spartans. She passed away. That's something that will never, ever make sense. And they found about her cancer when she had some pain while dancing as a child at six years old. Um, anyhow, life's little twists. They are more than we can handle at times. The S&P 500 up 3, the Dow up 31, the NASDAQ up 23. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton talking major decisions that can affect your retirement. Um, This seems pretty obvious, like not saving enough money, so you're living off Social Security. Are we talking that kind of major decision? Yeah, I mean, there's a good article at USA News Money site, and um, one of the biggest ones, you and I talk about it all the time, is, is when you start saving. And an example that it, when you run the numbers, what I typically see is if a person gets out of college or starting a job at 22 to 25, they can save 10% of pay technic- typically if they have a bit of a retirement match on their 401k, like 4%, and they'll be able to retire at 65 with the same type of a lifestyle in most cases. If you start saving when you're 45, in other words, you've enjoyed your lifestyle, you're buying all these depreciating assets, your favorite cars, your boats, you're swapping houses and spouses and things like that, and you don't start until you're 45 years old. You have nothing saved up. Yep. You're going to have to save 25% of pay in order to get to that same point that only 10%, if you would have started, 
couple of decades earlier. So compound and time is on your side. I mean, that means you're you're actually decreasing your lifestyle at the age of 45 to have a decreased lifestyle at the age of 65. So you have to get on board with the idea you got to pay yourself first at an early age. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more on some of these decisions. And I, I think one of the toughest things that people have is taking a decision. Like, we all come up with these great ideas, like I'm going to make X amount of money, I'm going to save X amount of money, I'm going to budget X amount of ways, but then taking action is actually probably the toughest part of financial planning. Yeah, it is. I mean, you kind of have to have one, you know, week and day a month to concentrate on your financial plan, whether that's tracking your your budget through a mint.com or some of the other sites that do that. I think you mentioned one recently that you've you've found similar to mint. Yeah, it's called Uh, Level. Level. Um, and that, you know, you've got to go in. You've got to itemize your expenses so you can track your expenses, see where you're spent spending too much, see where you can cut and be able to save. Because so many people, these, you know, 20 and 30-somethings, are still giving up their 401k match. They think that the system is broken because of the bubbles that we've gone through. Yeah. They are scared to save because they fear about things like high-frequency trading that they think makes a difference in the long run, and it doesn't. I mean, not taking advantage of the 401k match is death to your retirement. I understand that. And, you know, I can give you a perfect example where my brother Michael, who's 18 months older than me, he made a decision in the early 90s when there was a thrift and saving loans crisis um, that the banks were failing that he wanted out of the stock market. So he cashed out, cashed out his 401k, and he missed the The 20-year bull run. Yeah, the eight-year run that was unbelievable in the 90s. And uh, then, you know, we had another dip in 2000, and he probably was feeling pretty smart, like, ha-ha, I got out. 10 years ago, and only to be at this point in time. He's going to work till the day he dies because of that decision. Yeah, it is. And then the same people that cash out their 401k. Here, here's what's been typical lately. People cash out their 401k down to get it, take advantage of the low rates on their loans so they can get into a house that they can barely afford. So they cash out their 401k, and they get 20% tax withholding, and they think that's it. Then they go buy the house, and then April 15th comes around, and they've got another huge you know, double-digit number thousands of dollars that they have to come up with to pay Uncle Sam. And you can't go bunk- bankrupt with Uncle Sam. Yeah, and what you mean by that is when you owe them X amount of dollars, you will eventually pay them X amount of dollars. They will put liens on your house. They will put liens on your paycheck. They will get that money. Liens on your IRA. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, because they, they can lean, put a lien on your IRA, and they can force you to pull the money out of it to pay the taxes, and you'll avoid the 10% penalty, but you still have to pay the taxes on the money that they lien. So it's like this ongoing ballooning problem. Does that lien get a uh, grade of A? <laughs> Would you invest in liens? Oh, there's a lot of people that invest in the tax lien situation. And the thing Shady. Is, I will never invest in anything where who I'm investing with prints their own statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I totally know what you mean, but most of our listeners, not most of our listeners, but there's a large ignorant swath of people out there. It's like uh, uh, private REITs, too. Here, our, sh- our share price is $10 a share. We don't know how we came up with that, but here you go. It's $10 a share. And now you're seeing the Wells REIT 1, Wells REIT 2, and they've, they've gone public, and you can see where people are disappointed with their returns and private REITs. I wouldn't touch private REITs at all. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things I think that's interesting about me and again, I'm tooting my own horn here, or I'm saying there's something wrong with me, is in the same segment where I can mention an eight-year-old girl passed away from cancer, 
Lacey Halsworth, who had the most adorable Twitter name, Adorable Lacey. She died from cancer, and it makes no sense. And one of the things we don't see is that sports programs do give us an escape. And it could be about a South African runner hitting the four-minute mile, changing our lives. But why is it important? Because he was beat for the color of his skin at one point in time. And he could still hit this incredible milestone. So hearing that an 18-year-old girl got to spend some time with some sports stars in her local town is sweet. It's tragic. It's bitter when you hear that she passed away from cancer. And, you know, my investment angle on that is is not much. The WWE saying the Ultimate Warrior dead at age 54? We all die. He was survived by a spouse and two children. Let's hope he had the right enough amount of insurance. Why is it absurd about an 8-year-old and, and a financial lesson about a 54-year-old? I hope you get it. Captain America takes us to break. of financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. There are major... Motion compensated. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeartRadio station. 1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen. He is the chief economist with Briefing.com. How are you, Dr. Jeff? I'm pretty good. Or should I call you Dr. Rosen, Mr. Rosen? What do you like? <laughs> Jeff is fine. Okay, Jeff. Um, there's been some recent stories in economic media or financial media that says when wage inflation hits, corporate profit's going to drop. Where's the teeter-totter on this as far as what we want as the outcome? Do we want wage inflation at the cost of corporate profits that may hurt the stock market, or do we want to oppress the middle class and continue the stock market higher? Give me a little bit of color on that, if you could. I mean, the, the economic viewpoint, you know, is that profits are zero and that everything goes back to, you know, everything gets paid back from uh, the corporation to the uh, employee, and that could be in the, in the, you know, wages itself, or it could be in dividends, you know, and profits going back to the stockholders. So the, the question in terms of economic growth is you want the earnings to go to the people that have the highest marginal propensity to consume. Um, so if you're going to give them a dollar, they're going to spend that dollar right away. That it would, you know, increase, you know, demand and increase output in the end. Um, but that's not really feasible for a lot of people because, you know, that assumes then that you shouldn't save. So, <laughs> you know, it's, there's no right answer into it. But uh, you know, you kind of look at it, you know, in ways of, 
Yeah, if you're trying to look for growth, it's get the money to the people that spend, not to the people that save. Is there any big economic data out there today, Dr. Jeff Rosen, that is intriguing to you? Um, not today. The yesterday's jolts numbers were kind of intriguing to me. Um, the jolts data basically gives you an indication of how many jobs are open in, in the country. So there was um, a little over 4 million jobs, I think 4.1 million jobs in uh, in February, which was the most jobs opened since uh, January 2008. And on the surface, that seems good. You know, you a lot of companies looking to hire because you're reporting all these job openings. But, you know, if you look at the details, you're seeing that, yeah, there's a lot of openings, but there's not a big push to hire and fill those jobs. So even though companies, you know, are, are saying, hey, we want to expand, look, we have these jobs available, uh, they're either not actively recruiting people to fill them or they, the labor market itself does not have the qualified employees that uh, firms need to fill those jobs. And, and that's a, a key you know, problem if, the, if that's the case where the, the employees need to be retrained in order to recover you know, economically, grow at what we're used to, you know, 3%. I'm going to do a hypothetical here. I'm going to assume you have children, and we don't have to say you do or don't. But if you had a young child today, what do you think their future looks like, and how would you guide them as a parent, maybe well, towards their career? You know, it, it depends on um, – I, I think a lot of it depends on the family wealth aspect. Okay. Uh, if you have a, if you have a family that's wealthy or you're relatively wealthy and your children can afford to take jobs in the future that you know maybe they'll enjoy more, but they might not get paid to you know for the, their enjoyment. Um, you know, one of the problems you know right now you, there was a good article that came out. Uh, last week from payscale.com, which basically took all the majors in college and then it took all the colleges themselves and gave out um, return on investments. And, you know, the obvious ones that if you got an art degree, you, you know, your return on investment was actually negative, so you actually lost money by going to college for that. Whereas if you went into, you know, one of the STEM areas, you you saw uh, stronger, um, stronger returns. So my argument would be that if you have family that's got money, then you can make the choice to say, I want to be an art major. You know, I want to go into that degree. If you don't, you know, I tell everybody and all, you know, all my friends that, uh, you know, have kids going into uh, college or into high school, mathematics. You know, you get a degree in math and you can work in basically any industry. Get a degree in statistics and you could work in any industry and you're going to have the most options, and you're going to get paid well, and, you know, th- that's where to go. Okay. Would you be discouraged at all about the future of America with all the stories of the middle class disappearing? Because we have a lot of people driving to work today, and they're engineers in the Bay Area, and their life is pretty good. Um, but we also have the people that service those engineers with back massages and restaurants and such, and I don't know if it's as good. In their minds, 
No, and, and that's true. I mean, you, I think you really need to be, if, if you're going to be going to college and you're going to be, you know, looking to increase your uh, your human capital component of your uh, wage growth, you know, what, what you can do, you want to go into a place that sees employment gains, you know, that, that that is in demand, that could be in demand. Now, you don't have to go to college to see good wage growth. I mean, you can go to technical schools and do very well, you know, and I, and I would specify that if you're going to go technical, you, you go into an area that you know there's always going to be need, plumbers, electricians for the houses, uh, uh, car mechanics for big rig trucks uh, you know, is something that I, I strongly suggest people look at. I think that you make a lot of money for the amount of education that you have to pay for. So, you know, it just you have to look at, you know, your environment and what the options are and then take the option that gives you the best return. You recently pinned an article for briefing.com tied towards debt. And the first sentence is stunning. Um, House of Debt on a blog, Professor Zatif Mian of Princeton and Amir Sufi of the University of Chicago postulate that spending growth over the last few years may be unsustainable at best and crash-prone at worst. What were some of the summations of this article that we can give our audience? Well, the authors who I highly respect, um, they went and looked at consumption growth over the last few years, and they concluded that consumption growth came, you know, disproportionately out of debt spending. And they pointed to uh, the strong return in auto sales over the last couple of years. And since most people don't buy a car on, in cash, they buy it on credit, that the increase in credit is doing the same thing that uh, – we had problems with, you know, that led up to the crash, led up to the financial crisis. And my argument is that in a recovery, the Fed reduces interest rates to spark credit-based demand. You know, it's done so that credit-based demand is cheaper. It's relatively more inexpensive. And that's exactly what's happening. You're seeing growth in durables, and the durable growth isn't as strong as we've had in the past. uh, recoveries, namely because we've had the financial crisis, but you're still going to get an increase in durables to lead out uh, into the recovery. And then the the second point of the, of the paper that I wrote was that you know even when you take up the aggregate of all the spending in autos and then the debt that's being financed, it's not enough to harm economic growth in the future. It's not enough to even if everyone defaults to put the banks and the finance companies into uh, into disrepair and or disarray and cause another crash you know, or another pullback in credit and you know, harm the economy at a later point. We've got about a minute. I think this is one of your best spots for me, at least. I find everything you say intriguing. Anything that you're working on, any shout-outs that you want to make, any Twitter addresses you want to give out, any plugs? No, I, not really. I think okay. that you're getting a lot of news today about uh, equal pay for gender. I, um, I'm in the camp where I don't really know if that's necessarily true or not. Um, yeah, there's a lot of arguments made that uh, the pay differences are not due to, uh, you know, to gender, but due to job choices, and, and that's something that, you know, as an economist, I, I see pretty, uh, pretty frequently, actually. So, you know, I, I think you're getting a lot of public, you know, populism press right now. I, I think take that with a grain of salt. You got a little bit more on that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where you hear. 
you know, that, that women make 77 uh, cents on the dollar of men, and then what was funny is that Obama's staff, the, the women were making 88 cents. And then you've had some other numbers that, you know, say it's 93 cents. And, and the question is, you know, what really is it? And it's tough to take on the aggregate, you know, and you're just taking the headline um, hours worked times their uh, um, average pay and get a number and then say that men are making this and women are making that. And when you have... Uh, you know, different job sets. You, know, you have more women in service industry than the manufacturing industry, for example. So, you know, you're going to see job, you know, pay differences based on job differences, not necessarily based on gender. So the question is, you know, what is the actual difference for a woman and a man working the exact same job in the exact same hours and receiving the exact same productivity? And I think that's very hard to find, and I think the headline numbers kind of hide that. Thank you very much. Dr. Jeff Rosen, he always kind of makes me think a little bit here and there. Um, hopefully his spots are as entertaining to you as they are to me. You can find him at briefing.com. He's the chief economist. Briefing.com, great website. He recently pieced an article on pickup and auto sales, not a precursor to ruin. Good stuff to think about, especially if you're investing in autos or if you're investing in the U.S. economy, which has a big twist or play with autos. Just inherently. You can find me online at Rob Black Time. You can find briefing online at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. We'll take a break here. Be right back. There are major road closures in the Bay Area this morning in this Bay Area update. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of my favorite movies of all time is The Crow. I think anyone who answers the question, what's your favorite movie on a date, with one answer is silly. I think you have to have multiple movies, the favorite comic book, the favorite comedy, the favorite drama. Like, for instance, one of my favorite dramas is Field of Dreams. I hate Kevin Costner. But that movie, all about a dad coming back and a father-son relationship, Bill and he will come. And the whole time you're thinking it's Shoeless Joe Jacks, and the end, the twist is it's his dad. I mean, it gets me every single time. I've got dad issues. I've recently talked about that. But The Crow was a movie that starred Brandon Lee in 1994. And it's not without irony that the story involves a hero who returns from the dead, and Brandon Lee dies on the set of the movie. It's stunningly visual. I think it's the best version of a comic book universe that I've ever seen. Uh, Brandon Lee could have become an action star had he lived. Um, the story exists as an excuse for the production values of the film, which are superb. The, dile- the director was technically perfect. Um, a forlorn urban wasteland is a tough thing to pull off, and it does. The cinematographer, he studied comic books or graphic novels. The soundtrack was rock and roll, wall-to-wall, hard rock, The Cure, Stone Temple Pilots, Violent Femmes, Pantera, Nine Inch Nails. The scene where Brandon Lee was accidentally shot wasn't actually included in the film, but the fact of his death cannot help 
provide a melancholy subtext inside the film. What's interesting about it was based on a graphic novel, and there's a quote that was taken out of the graphic novel that I find fascinating. There is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Let's save that for one more second, because it'll make more sense. We got, actually got a call. Economist Dr. Jeff Rosen just talked about, you know, advice for your children's education. Great advice. He actually said becoming a mechanic for high-end trucks or big trucks is probably the best pay for, pay for what you get degree out there. But he also talked about math and statistics. He talked about how the auto sales aren't a precursor to economic growth. But he also talked about gender pay difference debate between men and women. And we actually got a call, which I will refer to as potentially the dumbest call of all time, at least in the top ten. He didn't want to go on air. Too cowardly to do it, but he lives with a statement in his head that women make less money than men because they take time off for childbirth. Is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. So Brandon Lee said in the film, The Crow, Mother's the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. It's one of the most powerful lines I've ever heard. And it's totally true. And for a man out there to think that women should get less pay or get less pay because they have children, it's a name. It's a debate that we need to end almost immediately. It's probably a debate that needs to start with a conversation between both parties, employee and employer, whether it's a man and woman, man, man, woman and man. I don't care the relationship, but it's a debate that needs to start sooner than later because I assure you, our society would not function without women in the workplace. And I assure you, our society functions better because of women in the workplace. I don't have a mommy issue in any way, shape, or form. I have a daddy issue. And I can quite honestly say that women making less money, it's, a, it's one of our embarrassing societal flaws than men. And we need to fix it. And people out there who foster this idea that because they take time off to have children... Where would our society be if they didn't? We need those children to be taxpayers. And I certainly am not going to carry a baby. But we need those women to get equal pay and be able to come back to the workforce. And it's not, it's not an issue about birth because a lot of people under 35 who haven't had children, they're making a lot less than their counterpart males. I love how ignorant our society can be, and I, I relish it because we have a long way to go. One of the statements that I made earlier in the show today was you need to save $82 a day for 30 years if you want to retire on a $50,000 a year income. I hope that sticks with you, that, you know, it's not the $4 latte. It's, yes, if you cut the Starbucks latte out, you're going to be closer to retirement. Maybe over 40 years, but if you cut the $4 latte out or $5 latte... It ain't helping you very much if you only have 30 years left. Starting sooner than later, very important, keeping your costs incredibly low. There's been a lot of good advice in the show today. And I wildly appreciate Dr. Jeff Rosen for having a sense of humor to go with wherever I take that let's talk to an economist segment. You know, I said to him, "Are you? if you had a hypothetical kid today, I don't know Dr. Jeff Rosen personally. He's a good-looking dude. Um, if you take a look at his web photo, he works for briefing.com. I can imagine he has kids, and I think he's actually alluded to going out on Halloween with children. But that's pretty hardcore stuff. 
So the fact that I will repeat this statement one more time from the crow, mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. And the fact that we can have a debate in the United States of why women are getting paid less, and someone could be ignorant enough to say because they take time off to have a kid, that's, we have a long way to go as a society, in my opinion. Other big stories of note today, Facebook had 100 million users in India. I know nothing about India. I know Bangladesh. I know factories. I know what I saw in Slumdog Millionaire. That's my knowledge of India. It's tragic. But I do know 100 million people is a powerful subset number for advertising and for Facebook. You know, they've got a billion users that they could potentially have in India. They've got a billion users worldwide right now. Facebook's a company to watch in the short term. I question it long term, but I'm not doubting it yet. I question it. Having arguments, debates, it's very, very healthy. Never, ever, ever think that because someone's arguing with you that they don't like you. An argument is a mathematical equation. That's all it is. Don't take it personally. Try to figure stuff out. Big event coming up at the end of the month. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. It's in Burlingame. Big event coming up at the end of the month. Go find out more at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.